You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 286. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Great show for you this week. Kate Casey from the Reality Life Podcast. We've had her on quite a few times, and we're bringing her on again. The best part about bringing Kate on is she updates me on all the reality shows that I'm not watching. So everything you hear, maybe you don't watch the shows either, but you will get an opinion from Kate Casey on some of the top reality shows happening right now, because that's why I bring her on. I want to know exactly what's going on since... I only usually see headlines and bits and pieces of storylines from shows going on. So I go to Kate for all my reality TV info, and she's got it all, and this is a good podcast. So you definitely want to stick around for this. We'll get to that momentarily. So as for some Bachelorette news, I got some for you this week. I actually got three bits of info for you that I think is interesting. It's not stuff that's been reported anywhere. And uh, let's get to it. The first thing is, um, I do have confirmation that Tyler Norris and Johnny DiFilippo are home. So obviously we know filming is still happening. Final Rose Ceremony, as I told you on the April 21st podcast with Game of Roses, the Final Rose Ceremony is Saturday, uh, May May 14th. That's this Saturday. Uh, With Johnny and Tyler both being home, clearly they didn't make the final three. Now, I'm under the assumption that the way it's always been in recent years, if you're eliminated at three, you still stay in the final location. So if Johnny and Tyler are home this week, which I have confirmation that they are, they clearly got eliminated at final four, which means that Gabby's final three, at least, we know Eric and we know Jason are in her final three, and um, the fourth person, again, I'm not 100% sure on. Rachel's final three, with Tyler being gone, are obviously Avon, Zach, and Tino. So, when we go to Gabby, yes, I was made aware of the picture that Justin Budfilowski's sister-in-law posted on Mother's Day with Justin in the picture. Well, that probably doesn't bode well that Justin was in the final four, and that's why I was never 100% sure I said I needed the confirmation. I had circumstantial evidence, but circumstantial evidence is just that. It's not solid. And now, after knowing that the picture that Justin was home on Mother's Day, he couldn't have been in the Final Four because we already know that Johnny was eliminated in Gabby's Final Four. So it looks like that Justin is not that fourth person, was not the fourth uh, hometown date. I don't know who it was. So hopefully I'll find out soon, but I don't know who it was. So she could have had, um, so she probably had a third person in Mexico that I just don't know about yet. So that is for where we're at with that. Tyler and Johnny were eliminated. I got that, the confirmation uh, this week. Here's something about filming early on in the season because everybody's wanted to know, like, exactly how is this going to work? Um, as we know with each woman's final four, they were all different. There was no overlap. They didn't date the same guy. However, when the show began in the first uh, two or three episodes, because episode one is just the first night, 
episodes two and three where there's group dates and one-on-ones and stuff like that. Everybody basically had the option of talking to both women and it was like a free for all. You could date who you want. Like you were going on dates with both women at some point. You could be on a group date with Rachel one time and be on a group date with Gabby. It was at the third rose ceremony, which was basically the rose ceremony before they started traveling to Paris, Belgium and Amsterdam. So basically before travel started, the guys that were remaining had to make a decision on which girl they wanted to pursue. And I can tell you that there were a few guys that Rachel was interested in that weren't interested in her, and she was rejected a few times. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing, and I don't know if that means that because they rejected Rachel, they immediately went in Gabby's group of men, or it just means they left the show. That I don't know, but I do know that what she was rejected a few times because apparently at the third rose ceremony, the women present the roses, and if you accept it, then you are going to continue to be part of her group moving forward. And when Rachel had a couple roses to give out, I heard more than two, the guys said no. But again, I don't know if that means that, because what if Gabby didn't want them? Then what are they there for? Then do they just leave? That's what I wasn't able to get any sort of confirmation on. But, um, you know, Rachel's got her, I mean, it doesn't really matter at that point. I mean, that was in the third episode. Rachel, we know who Rachel's final four are. I'm sure they are guys that like her. So it's not really that big of a deal that she got rejected. It's no different than when Caitlin and Britt were the Britt Bachelorettes. And there were some guys that, um, you know, voted for Britt, but ended up still staying on the show. You know, ultimately it ended up being guys that were there for Caitlin. And that's all that really matters. So, um, but I'm sure it will be dramatic and I'm sure um, it will be quite the, um, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll play out a lot more dramatic than I just explained it. But yeah, um, when Rachel went to hand out some roses at the third rose ceremony, guys were uh, saying that they didn't want to move forward with her. So whatever the case may be. Um, And I can tell you that um, this season's villain is Hayden Markowitz. Now you're going to ask, well, how do you know? Or why is he the villain? I, I, the rumblings that I hear, and it's not like, again, there are levels of villainy on this show. He's not the worst human being in America. It doesn't mean you have to blow up his Instagram account and leave awful things on his... As far as I'm hearing, it's not nearly as bad as Shanae, but you know he says some things that aren't great. I think he um, is caught... Uh, I heard that he was caught saying that his ex is hotter than both of the Bachelorettes. Look, maybe his ex is hotter than Rachel and Gabby. Maybe it is factually true in his eyes. That's the way he feels. But when you go on this show and you're here to date two, possibly, you know, one woman, possibly two, and you make a statement like that, you are going to be portrayed poorly. And I'm sure the other guys got a hold of that and had a field day with it and jumped all over his case. So, um, unfortunately, you say stuff like that, it's going to get out. Um, and he was a guy, I think, that was on Rachel's group of guys. Because he did travel, and um, he was in Rachel's group, and um, apparently his letting Gabby know that he was going to pursue Rachel didn't go over well. And I guess his presentation and things that he said, I don't know the exact wording, obviously, and um, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But um looks like Hayden's going to be this season's villain. and But again, doesn't mean immediately start attacking him and, and whatever. 
but it's not going to apparently not, not going to go well for him because he said some things that are going to look bad and you know unfortunately for him he's going to have to deal with the batshit crazy toxic fan base of Bachelor Nation you say something like that especially you know Gabby and Rachel walk on water to a lot of these people a lot of the fans of this show like they can't do anything wrong so oh my god you said that your ex was hotter than them then what are you doing here and get off the show trust me He's going to have it coming to him now, unfortunately, based on that statement. But, um, yeah, that's where we're at. So those are the three notes I had for you, uh, the, the two eliminations at Final Four. Uh, Tyler was eliminated by Rachel, and um, Johnny DiFilippo was eliminated by Gabby. We still don't know. I still don't know who the third the third guy in Gabby's Final Three is. It doesn't look like it's Justin Bud Filosky. He was never in the Final Four based on the fact that he's home. <laughs> and um, so I don't I don't know who it is. Hopefully I'll find out soon because that person could end up being her final one. Like there could be somebody there that we, that none of us know. And that could person, obviously they made it to the final three, so they're a candidate to possibly win. And then, um, you know, the format of it started at the, at the, the first two dates of the season in episodes two and three. It was a mixed bag. Anybody could, you know, you could go on dates with both women, but it, it was at the third rose ceremony where guys had to make their decision, and that's when the women presented roses, and apparently Rachel had a couple guys that said no to her rose. I don't know which ones. So there's that. Hope you enjoyed that. I do want to say that, um, again, the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party, July, June 3rd, sorry, not July, June 3rd, Friday night, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. There are a few spots left. You can still get in. Email me at steve at realitysteve.com. We do have a couple special guests coming this season. Annie Jorgensen and Amanda Pace from Joe Millionaire. Amanda was the winner. Uh, Kurt chose her. They've since broken up. Annie got dumped by Stephen McGee at the end. Stephen McBee, sorry, at the end. And you probably heard the news this weekend. Maybe you didn't. Stephen and Kala uh, broke up. They just had an Instagram post yesterday uh, mentioning that they broke up. But um, Annie and uh, Amanda are going to be there. Um, They were great on the podcast. They're two of my most downloaded podcasts in the last three months. In fact, they're the top two downloaded podcasts. So, you know, you can meet them. You can talk to them. And they will be there. If you're interested, first come, first serve. Doesn't cost you anything. All I need is a copy of a screenshot of your Vax card. And if you're flying in, just... Let me know your flight itinerary. Screenshot of that. You're driving in, hotel. Screenshot of your hotel itinerary. And if you're a Vegas local and want to come, just let me know. And just give me a screenshot of your Vax card and just promise me you won't flake. Because I'm holding out. You know, last few spots are available. And you would be on a list. And I only have an X amount of people that I can get to come. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. We're only three, a little over, uh, I leave three weeks from today uh, for for Vegas. So that'll be fun. The party will be fun. Like I said, open beer and wine bar all night for the three hours, three and a half hours of the party. And then we have, um, you know, there will be food there. There will be prizes. Got a couple donations from bachelor contestants that uh, will be giving gift cards away. We will have gift restaurant gift cards and we'll have a raffle for, um, for money to be given out as well on this. So good times all around. Just a thank you to my fans and my readers and my listeners uh, and just for the support throughout the years. We do it once a year, usually the first weekend in June. So look forward to that. 
before we get started, got a new sponsor this week. And, you know, it's been tough the last couple of years. Let's not make any mistake about it. It's been tough with the pandemic and things closing down. And obviously, mental health has been a huge topic in the world for the last couple of years. And I really want to talk about mental health because I know that a lot of people are unhappy. And, you know, you've read all the stories of bad things that people are doing during the pandemic. And, you know, you talk about, like, what is interfering with your happiness? Is, is something preventing you from achieving your goals? I want you to check out BetterHelp.com slash RealitySteve. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient, you can start communicating with somebody in 48 hours. And look, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, not even sitting there in, you know, in person on a couch. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The licensed professionals, counselors are specializing in anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, relationships, trauma, depression, stress, anxiety, all things that you know people are suffering over the last couple of years uh, for the pandemic. Anything you share is confidential, it's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. Check out their testimonials posted daily on their site. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you are going to get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp.com slash RealitySteve. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash RealitySteve. Join over 1 million people who have taken advantage of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash RealitySteve. Now, let's get going. Podcast number 286. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you know her from the Reality Life podcast with Kate Casey. She's been on this podcast numerous times. We're bringing her back. It's been her pretty much have you on every six months. So let's bring her in. Kate Casey, how are you? I'm great. I love talking to you. I'm so excited to be back. Well, I love talking to you because normally when I do interviews on my podcast, it is with people that are either you know reality show contestants of a show that I've watched and I'm very well aware of and I'm very... My questions are very like, hey, I watched you. Let me ask you about this, this, and this that happened. With you, it's completely different because, believe it or not, I think I think a lot of people that either listen to me or just know the reality Steve name just think I'm just bombarded with reality television. That's all I watch. And honestly, it really isn't the case. I watch a few shows. Obviously, Bachelor and Bachelorette and Paradise are my, are my big ones. And I'll watch other ones here and there, the bigger network ones, Survivor, uh, American Idol. I watch those, but I'm not into the streaming ones. I've never really gotten into them. I've watched the Too Hot to Handles here and there. Never watched The Circle. Never watched The Ultimatum. Never watched you know, all these shows that I'm just. I don't have the time for it. Um, I'm in too much into sports. So mm. I like having you on because you can update me on what's going on, and then basically based off your answers, I determine whether or not. I want to go invest some time into this. So, yeah, I I want to start off with um, (laughs) a show that I didn't think would ever become a show, but it is. 
and it's called Is It Cake? And it's on oh, yeah. it's on Netflix, I believe. It's on Netflix and it's uh hosted by Mikey Day. By Mikey Day. Day from SNL. Yeah. Love him. I love him. I don't think he's the right host for this show though. Okay. Now here's my question. Having not seen one episode, I'm assuming the whole season came out or is this a weekly show? How is it being distributed on oh, Netflix? Oh no, you can just binge it. It's a, okay. This is a show that it's like the end of the week and you're just fried and you just want something in the background. I don't think you're going to like want to pay attention to every second of it. It's not that compelling, but it's just like easy breezy list. It's like easy listening on radio. And the whole concept is off of TikTok. And so these skilled cake artists are creating replicas of things like handbags and sewing machines and other things. And you have to guess whether or not it's a real cake or not. And Mikey takes a machete out and he like tries to chop it up. And obviously if he can chop through it, it's a cake. This is just like mindless watching. I don't think he's the right host for it because he's almost like demonic in some way. I don't know if somebody whispered into his ear, like, just be super creepy. Uh, I think it's made for somebody who's got like a whimsical personality. It's that kind of show. It's just like kids like it. And somebody who's like, I have had the worst day at the office and I just want to like totally zone out. So I always thought it was cool when I came across this fad or whatever you want to call it on TikTok and Instagram reels and Instagram stories, just things that you're like, oh, wow, look, it's a purse. Holy shit. Someone's cutting it. It's actual cake. (laughs) So I've always found that interesting. Didn't ever think they'd make a game show out of it. But here's my question for someone that's never watched it. How far away are these people who are guessing is this cake or is it real? Because you would think if they're remotely close to it they'd be able to smell that it's not a purse it's cake like how far away are they it's a good distance away okay Um, but are they given hints about anything or they just have to look at it and be like yeah i think it's cake or yeah i think it's no and they get a a short period of time so it's like okay you look for i don't know two minutes or something so it's kind of far away and it's under a deadline and then you're under the glare of a camera so it's all those things work work to the the producer's advantage and i think i'm pretty good by this point at spotting whether or not it's a cake or not um but I don't know if that's because, um, you know, I'm the viewer at home. But yeah. I, th- I think you'll get the hang of it. It's it's just like put that on the shelf as like I don't want to think. Like there's a show on Netflix called The Parisian Agency, which is great because it's like a real estate show in Paris about a family, four sons and parents that run this this agency and you see the most beautiful properties but you have to pay attention because it's all subtitles so that to me is like on the other end of the spectrum Mm. so it's like you have to put a lot of time and attention into it this one it's just mindless you could do a puzzle right and like have that in the background yeah because all you're doing there's not questions to listen to or anything like that it's just looking at something to determining is it what it is or is it a cake of what it's supposed to be that's it right there's nothing else to it okay yeah seems pretty simple but i it's just the concept of it and the fact that it's hosted by mikey day who i really like on snl so funny i would just and just knowing that this came from a tiktok trend or fad it it just turned into a show i'm like wow they're they'll make a show out of anything i mean you you, anything you think they will run out of reality tv show ideas and they just don't like here we are (laughs) reality tv is probably 20 years in existence from like when it was starting to be produced uh, by a lot of places and it's like what could they possibly think of next and apparently there's still tons of ideas out there really absolutely well that's good 
And you know, even the um, again, I haven't seen this, but I'm I'm interested. But I'm—I feel like I'm getting spoiled just by reading headlines and stuff. So I almost got to watch it right away. Is the ultimatum, which is oh, yeah. um, this? Basically, it's Temptation Island, right? Isn't it the same thing? I mean, it's basically the same thing. So okay. Nick and Vanessa Lachey host this, just like they do Love Is Blind, and they're encouraging these couples to have encounters with other potential matches. So the, everybody gets together in the beginning, and it's like. One of us in this relationship is unhappy and because they want to be, you know, one of us wants to be married and the other one's dragging their feet. So we've come to the conclusion that the best thing for our relationship to really move forward is to stay in a hotel with other couples that are facing the same issues. And the people that are being given the ultimatum should date each other. And then at some point at the end of this, maybe we can figure out whether or not we should get married. It sounds absolutely bonkers and it is. So, uh, over the course of the episodes, you're not only figuring out why someone was given an ultimatum because you're like, wow, this person's like horrible. But then you also realize that the person that gave the ultimatum is off. Like they're both awful people. They should never have been together in the first point place. And now they're together. And then the beauty of it, though. So this is the reason I think you're going to like this because um, – it's like temptation, but a little bit different is that they're all seated at this long table and they're having conversations about like what transpired over like the week and a half of filming or something. And some of the the people try to sabotage the other couples because they're jealous or what have you. So there are some unexpected surprises in it. And I feel like I'm pretty astute and like who's going to work out and who won't just based on so many years of watching like Bachelor in Paradise and other nonsense shows. But this one throws you just a few curveballs. Like I was definitely a fan of it going, oh, my God, I would never think those two would stay together. Okay, so the people that they are, there's the main couples that are part of the show. Like we went on the ultimatum, but it's it's different from Temptation Island that Temptation Island has singles. They're not bringing extra people in. Only the people, only the couples that oh, come to okay. the show at the beginning are are there together. But the people that were given the ultimatum, they get to date one another. Which is part of another couple that's having problems as well. There's no singles Correct. on the show. So, so the people that gave the ultimatum, they're just kind of like commiserating. Like, can you believe this jackass? Like, why are we not getting married? What's up? Um, so there's a little bit of that. I, now what I would say is that I think what's lacking in the show is that there need to be more options. Mm. So you get the sense it's like high school. Remember when it was like, those two are only dating because it's slim pickings. Like once they go to college, they would never even, they'll never even see each other again. It's kind of like that where you think now it would, you could like dial up this show if you had some super hot people come in, but they don't do that. And I think that that's the problem. And I think it's because their idea was like, let's make it this like really heartfelt, felt cerebral moment for someone where they're like, why did I issue this ultimatum? And it's like the people at home don't want to go through like all of the, you know, the therapy of it all. They just want to see you make a bad decision and hook up with somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I love Temptation Island, um, and I've watched it all four seasons, and you know I'm curious to see how this season ends up. But the ultimate thing when you're watching that show, and I don't think it's just me, I think it's anybody that watches Temptation Island, is <laughs> as much as of voyeurs as we are and as much as people love love stories, Temptation Island really isn't a good show 
if all four couples go to that island and end up leaving together. It's just not interesting. You want to see it's someone not, break up and hook no. up with someone else mm-hmm. and have sex with somebody else on the island because then you can be like, oh, my God, how can you say you love this girl when you've known her for three weeks and you have a girlfriend that you came to the island with that you've been with for seven years? Like, that's the stuff that it invokes in people, which is what's happening this season with LaSalle's. So I'm, I love it. I, I enjoy it. And while I do want to see maybe one couple leave successful, I definitely right. want to see hooking up. And I definitely want to see some bad decisions being made. And I think that speaks for most people because it's not interesting otherwise. I feel like this is going to go lower on your list. Let's put like if there's the, the, the shelves, right? The Ikea shelf. I would put this somewhere near the bottom because I feel like based on your love of Temptation Island, it's this is going to bother you too much. That said, there's still a couple tornadoes in it and you'll go, okay, well, this is somewhat entertaining. Um, by the way, do you remember Johnny Alexander from the first season of the reboot of Temptation Island? Was he a single or part of the couple? He was a, he was a single. Is a chiropractor from New York. Anyway, I just bring him up because he's, oh yeah, I love him. Oh yeah, he yeah. just he just had a baby, so he's happy now. Oh, he found somebody to have. He found baby. somebody. He and was Doctor Johnny. Baby. He was the chiropractor, right? Yeah, Doctor Johnny. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. he has an adorable, adorable son. Really super cute. So it's oh, good. it's I'm, I'm I'm happy when they find stuff outside of the show too. I'm pretty sure because Doctor Johnny was involved with one of the like he was the main. Yeah, he was the main guy for one of the girls, and yeah. I'm almost positive of, I had Johnny on. My, Johnny was on my podcast. Yeah, he was on my podcast. Yeah, I just forgot. I think yeah, he's so he's so nice. Um, so the other thing that's coming this summer that I will be promoting on my podcast coming up real soon because um, I want people to watch and I'm interested in it is the Big D. Have you heard this? The big D is the one with uh, with Jordan. Jordan and JoJo are hosting, and yes, it's kind of kind of in the same vein, I think, as um, the Ultimatum. But it's all divorced couples are now going to an island. JoJo and Jordan are the host, and divorced couples get to watch their divorcees date. They're like they're helping them date while on the island, but. According to the previews and the promos, it certainly seems like that might spurn a little bit of jealousy and be like, maybe we shouldn't have gotten divorced. Like, but there are couples that are eliminated every week. Like, I'm interested in this one. It's going to be on TBS. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really good to me. Yeah, because I, I, there's nothing I like more than uh, someone wa- watching someone they still have mixed feelings about walking away into a like a, a suite with another person. Yeah, knowing they're harboring resentment, guilt, all of those feelings. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right up my alley, and I'm I'm in it to win it too. That sounds good. Yeah, it starts. Uh, I think it's first week of July. I believe July seventh is the start date. It's on. It's going to be on TBS. JoJo and Jordan are going to host, so I know they're going to get a bachelor audience um, watching this show. And I'm certainly smart, interested in watching. Smart it. move. Yeah. Smart move on their end. Yeah. Get, I think it was filmed. The producers. I think it was filmed last summer. I forget which island it was filmed on. But um, oh, see, I don't like that. Yeah. No. It was. It's, like it's been in the can for a while. Filmed a long time ago, because then I feel bad for the contestants because they've been shackled. They can't like put anything on their social media because people yeah. are going to be looking for clues. Yeah. So that that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, I I can't tell you the exact date, but I thought this was something that I remember JoJo and Jordan sometime in 2021 being off 
filming this show, but not saying like what they were doing, like one of those deals. But yeah. And it's also like, well, what has happened since then? Because I remember last year for Temptation Island, for Temptation Island, it was crazy because you had what happened during filming. And then you had what happened during filming had changed by the time they filmed the reunion show. And then by the time the reunion show aired, what had happened in real time, the present time had changed as well. Like so many things had changed. It was almost like, Oh wow, what a great finale. Let's watch the reunion. Oh shit, stuff has changed uh yeah. since since filming ended. Oh shit. Now the reunion was filmed two months before it actually aired, and now you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, well what happened on the reunion show isn't even relevant because here's where everybody's at now. And so I don't know what the deal is with the big D, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um that's definitely the burden of the cable network versus the streaming network. Like you, you could do things much quicker on a streaming network. Yeah. And maybe cause it's on TBS and it's on a cable network. Maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. filmed last summer. I, maybe it was filmed earlier this year. Maybe it was January, February. I don't know. But, um, I mean, I can probably dig and, and find out when it was filmed, but yeah, I know it starts in July. Uh, you're going to hear me promoting it on this podcast, the big D, uh, hosted by uh, Jojo and Jordan. And yeah, it's divorced couples on an Island and they have to watch their, significant other or previous significant other date in front of them. And some are trying to sabotage and some are, <laughs> uh, I guess, refalling for the person they were with. And uh, it's going to be interesting for, to say the least. Um, oh my God. I feel like I know a lot of people that should have gone on that show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's, here's a basic question and you're probably even surprised. I don't even know this or understand this. When the Kardashians had their show on mm-hmm. E!, after mm-hmm. 20 seasons or whatever it was, they said, you know, we're done. We're, we're done doing this. Oh, sure. Right. Was right. was this always we're done with E and we're going to try and pitch this somewhere else? Or was this more of they thought they were done, but then Hulu came with a better offer and they decided to go? Well, I think I think the biggest thing is they had grown frustrated because the the, the way that the show was structured was becoming outdated because it, on, it, it being on a cable network, the time lapse was too the the gap was too big. Mm. So the, you have something that happened, you know, nine months ago, and then it's already played out on social media, and it just made the show kind of dumb. And I also think that it became too stale. Like it was just this, it was very formulaic and they would also create some scenes that were obviously scripted because they kind of like run out of ideas. So I think that was the biggest part out out of it. And also they were making much more money on their social media than it's like it, it, there's a question of like, is it worth it? The the amount of time this has asked is asked of us to do this. So I think that they took a break, which was smart. And then James Corden and his partner, Ben Winston came to them with the idea of doing it in a new sleeker and just like a more like a fresh and modern way. So I thought, think that was compelling to them too. I actually thought what they would do, was start their own streaming network. I really thought that was what was going to happen. So I was surprised that they went to Hulu. That said, um, I think if you watch the show, it's totally worth it because it feels much more authentic to them. It's much more about the sisters' relationships, and, and, and it feels like it's moving in real time. Like you're seeing behind the scenes what happened on SNL. You're seeing behind the scenes of her relationship with Pete. Uh, the, the the proposal that Courtney and Travis had, that doesn't feel like that long ago. 
And I felt like on the older show, you'd watch it and you're like, I feel like I've already seen all of that play out on social media. And in this one, I think because they have much more control of the show, I think that they have a better sense of making sure that they're filming things that are much more uh, that that are far that that are withheld from social media, so that the experience of the viewer is like they they feel like they're privy to things that you know everyone else in the world is not watching. So because of that, they have had the biggest premiere in Hulu's history, and it's a it's a massive success and and. You know, for everybody that's kind of like, oh, my God, I'm done with the the Kardashians. It's too much. It's too much. I promise you, you're really going to enjoy it. It feels much softer and lighter and much more heartfelt. Like, you feel like Courtney and the older version was, like, maxed out. And this one, like, she had this the last episode. It was the proposal. And you see that in the haste of getting all these family members and friends to Santa Barbara to see this proposal, that... It was Chris's decision to not include Courtney's children because she was worried, you know, about the kids spoiling the surprise and, you know, somebody might see them. And then it all the sequence of events wouldn't work out so that Courtney and Travis, after the proposal, wouldn't be able to walk into a suite and see all their friends. Right. So she doesn't include the children who are off with Scott. And they're also trying to mitigate Scott's impending anxiety because of course he's you know Courtney's going to be married to somebody else so they have the engagement and they walk in and everyone's there and then Courtney goes off to a side room and she calls her daughter to say look I'm engaged and the daughter goes I don't want to talk to you and hangs up and Courtney goes into her in the moment interview and she says I think you know my mom made that decision not to include them and I think it was the wrong one and she starts crying that you would have never seen play out in social media because their social media is much more, you know, curated. Yeah. Uh, but this one, it was like, God, I don't know how many people don't relate to some mo- – th- that moment is relatable. Like your parent makes a decision not to include your, your kids or some – like a friend was like, I don't think I want to invite them for whatever reason. Someone being left out of a milestone and I kept thinking as I watched it like, that kid's going to be in therapy for a good couple of years about that. Like that was not the right decision, but you know, you feel empathy for Chris for doing it because she just wanted her daughter to have, you know, Courtney's first marriage. It's like she wanted her to have this perfect experience. So it's those kind of things that make watch, watching Kardashians on Hulu worth it. And it's, um, it's really beautifully shot. I think, you know, I, lots of people say selling sunset is, is beautifully shot. I think Kardashians is the most beautifully shot show in streaming or on television altogether right now. All right, guys, let's take a break real quick. Let me talk to you about our other sponsor this week, Dame Products. Talked to you about them two weeks ago, and they're back. And honestly, you're going to love this stuff. Ladies, I mean, look. You know, when you, you ever play the word association game when you were younger? Someone threw out a word or a phrase, and you just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind. We're going to play that right now, Okay. I'm going to throw out a word or phrase, and you in your car or wherever you're listening right now, you tell me and just blurt out the first thing that comes to your head. I'm going to play along too, all right? Ready? Three, two, one. Reality Steve. Vibrators. See what I mean? Like immediately you just think about that. It's almost like, remember the movie Coming to America when Akeem is working at McDowell's and he goes into Mr. McDowell and he says, when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. It's kind of like that right now. When you think of vibrators, you think of Reality Steve, and you think of Dame products. I'm telling you. 
They have the Palm, a soft and flexible vibrator that bends to the curves of your body. So check it out. It's friendly shape, touchable texture, and super bendy design that offers broad and targeted stimulation. Palm is great for beginners. It's also waterproof and features five intensities and five vibration patterns so you can explore what works for you. And the best part? Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Either you're going to get your satisfaction by using it, or if you don't like it, you can get your money back. Power up Pleasure with Palm or any of the other toys from Dame Products. Go to dameproducts.com slash realitysteve today for 15% off site-wide. That's dameproducts.com slash realitysteve today for 15% off site-wide. Now, let's return to Kay Casey. So it sounds like <clears throat> Hulu is better than the E version. And I didn't, you know, it's, it's interesting. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know absolutely. that James Corden was the one behind this because Seacrest was the one that developed the E show for 20 seasons. Yeah. And you know, I didn't realize that Corden. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and it sounds like just based on what you said, the turnaround time is we're seeing stuff Much way faster. quicker. Yeah. The, the fact mm-hmm. that the Pete relationship is already, we're seeing it, how it developed and stuff like that, which is only a couple months old. Um, that's interesting to me. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'll watch it just because I've never I don't I don't know enough about the family. I haven't followed them enough other than headlines I, and I th- social media. I think media. you should just I challenge your your homework is I challenge you to watch 15 minutes of it. That's it. And then see if it hooks you in. How many episodes have aired? Um I think they're uh we're, we're moving on to episode 4. So not that, not not that many. Oh, so they're just they're pumping out one episode a week on Hulu for how many how many episodes yeah. are a season? Do we know? I don't know how many episodes, but uh, I'm telling you, I, I think it's really well done and worth it. Um, that's your challenge, 15 yeah. minutes. So you brought up Selling Sunset and yes. another show that never watched three seconds of. But I'm well aware of drama that goes on. I see the headlines because I read Us Weekly yeah. and People and Us and stuff like that. So the biggest story to come from this past season of Selling Sunset, which I believe just aired the reunion show, clearly is the Chrishell is now in a relationship with G Flip, who I had never even heard of. Right. Um, which I guess depending on who you talk to, it was like the worst kept secret after her breakup with Jason because this is a show that I've never talked about, I've never covered, yet I was having people sending me stuff saying did you know or have you heard if Chriselle, this Chriselle and G-Flip rumor is true? And I'm like, I have no idea, but apparently there were pictures out there. Like, if you were on the deep web and you followed and you're a diehard Selling Sunset fan, this information apparently wasn't news to people. But That's correct. Okay, That's right. so, but if you're just a casual fan who doesn't follow, you know, because there weren't any pictures that were posted on the main sites. It's all like mm-hmm. the deep dive internet stuff where you could find pictures of Chriselle and G-Flip holding hands and you right. know, doing stuff. So, um, with that said, were you when when, when did you first hear about Chriselle and G G ship G flip? And I'm, and were you surprised by this, or what's your take on this whole thing? I think I maybe like two weeks before the reunion was was filmed, probably, and I and I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. And and I think it's because. Reality stars never surprise me in that way. Yeah. Like, I feel like their lives are so chaotic that when something like, th- like this is so left of center, that part doesn't shock me. 
Um, I think that people who watch the show and believe it to be a completely authentic show would probably be shocked by it. So for anybody who has not watched the show, it's about a real estate agency in, in, in Los Angeles. The, the actual like headquarters are on Sunset Boulevard. But it is really absurd. It's by the makers of the hills. You clearly you can't believe anything on it. They're very over the top. They show up at these listings in the most hooker-ish outfits, like like leather skirt, mini skirts with like a bandeau top with like six inch heels. One of the real estate agents will show up looking like Varsity Spice or like you know just like pigtails. They're, they it, it, they look like cartoon characters. They're they're insane. And then they're walking you through these properties and they're and they're presenting it like they're actual the real real estate agent which i know is bullshit because i google all of the addresses and like some of the houses are not even on the market never were like it's very murky wait so um, these people aren't these people aren't realtors i thought that was a whole thing they, that they no, got they, called out I for mean, they, they are realtors but it, you they're not really like the listing agent i mean they clearly are all wanting to be television personalities so the thing that I like about Christine Quinn, who's now finished with the show, was she was always pretty transparent about it. Like, I don't give a shit about, like, in two years, I'm not going to be selling a four-bedroom in Encino. Like, I just want to be on a television show. But the others are kind of, like, going along with it. And then they have these twin brothers that operate the agency, and yeah. their names are Jason and Brett. And they are uh, they're small men. And so a yes. lot of people have this problem with, like, this misogynistic um, duo that are running this agency and all these women walk in with these r- ridiculous outfits. Mind you, they go into the office. No one has like a bag enough, large enough to, to, to uh, have a laptop, let alone a wallet. It'll be like a little coin purse. And they'll walk in with their heels and they'll sit down and they don't even have like a computer to plug in. And then they'll talk. Then they have them sit down. They're like, okay, so what, what listings do you have? And you're like, this is such bullshit. Like there's no way any of them are working, you know, the MLS system. So that, okay. So that's on the table. So the first season you have, or first couple seasons, Chrishell is uh, was married, and then she's going through a divorce with the with the actor from This Is Us. So yeah. people are like, they're interested in that. Then all, he divorces her, and she's left at Christine's wedding. Like, what is going on? Like, I cannot believe this. So people are sucked into her because they want her to find true and lasting love again. And then she dated some guy from dancing with the stars. Cause of course Keo. she goes on to like dancing with the stars. So now it's like a typical reality show where you're like, Oh, that the, the beginning was the most real version of who they kind of are. And now they're all like embellishing the truth and like overdoing their outfits and their personalities to get it like enough attention on the show. So, Throughout this season, you see Chriselle dating one of those twin brothers, Jason, Jason, or Jason yeah. who is good, like, I don't know, three inches shorter than her. And so a lot of viewers are just confused because I think you put somebody in a box, right? Like they have a type. So you have her dating this like very tall actor type. And then all of a sudden she's dating the boss and he's like five foot three but what's most interesting, I think, as the viewer, is that she does not seem remotely sexually interested in this guy. Like, she almost recoils in scenes with him where she's, like, rubbing his bald head sometimes. And they have these conversations about, like, 
the future. And then it's at the end, it's like, well, we're going to have to break up because we started to pursue the fertility journey and he decides that he doesn't want to have kids. And you're like, I don't even know if I believe that you were ever in love to begin with. So that is why everybody at the reunion was like, wait, what about the G flip? Because the narrative is like, this is a woman who is almost 40 and she desperately wants to start a family. And so they're like, she was with this actor and then she dates her boss and now she's gone and started to date this DJ. And so I think for uh, for people that watch the show with with the mindset, like this is a very authentic, true life story. This is somebody who is a real real estate agent selling a three bedroom in the valley and then shows up to her office and there happens to be cameras there. And I thought she wanted to have a family, but now she's with this DJ. But I just see it as like, there are a bunch of TV personalities who are just navigating this weird, wacky world. So, like, nothing surprises me. Yeah, I, like I said, they're five seasons over now, and I haven't watched anything, but I know the headlines from what I read. Yeah, I knew that she had dated her boss, Jason, and I saw. I mean, because I follow Chriselle on Instagram, so I saw the day that she came I out. I feel like every. I feel like everything you need to know, you can read on social media. I don't think yeah. you would need to watch the show. That's my input. Yeah, because I remember when she went public, when she did her hard launch with Jason, they were on a boat, and they posted the picture, and then obviously every media outlet ran with it. And before that, yeah, it was Keo, uh, the dancer from Dance with the Stars that she dated, and then you know he apparently was a giant liar because she threw him under the bus after they broke up, and then before that, obviously, yeah. Justin Hartley from, from This Is Us. And, I, you know, it's... I the the G flip stuff I didn't start hearing about until people like I said were DMing me. Are you hearing? Is this true? And then one time someone sent me a, a screenshot from a, a, I guess a message board that had the picture of them holding hands walking somewhere, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess it is. Why else should she be walking, holding hands with a girl that she's rumored to be dating? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't know enough to to uh, understand. Like, I I do know that from what I read on social media. And in the and in the articles and even I think interviews with with Chrishell, she specifically said that Jason and I were in different um, mm-hmm. we were on different paths when it came to kids. He didn't want any, and I do. And I was like, oh, okay, well, makes a makes a lot of sense as why a couple would break up. It would also make you question: wasn't this dis- established earlier? Did it, like when you first got together, was he interested in having oh, kids, and then yeah, did a one eighty? I don't know. Yeah, I think everybody else is like, wait, what? Like any everybody who watches the show, even from season one, and this is some she's known this guy for quite some time. Like this guy has zero interest in settling down. Like he's just like wants to date all the time. So that's why I think it, the, people just got fired up about you know. I think sometimes sometimes people are just sort of. Uh, I just think they're surprised by reality stars who are just. They, I mean, their lives are nothing like ours. So I think that's what surprises people too. Like, I expected that sequence of events to happen, and it just doesn't happen like that with reality stars. And I'm guessing that they took a lot of shit, and people claim that Chriselle only dated him because he was the boss. And oh, for sure, that it, I'm sure they got yeah. criticism for that, or that it, that, it was, that it was done strictly to have another storyline for season five. I'm guessing that's. I mean, you can kind of feel that way because there's like zero chemistry. It's really weird. Well, that's the thing. In in this season when they actually were, this was the season, season five was the one where they actually were a couple during this season, right? 
Yes. So in the scenes that they were, did they ever show them being affectionate? Did they ever show them being physical or no? I mean, she would like give them a peck, but you felt like it was like a mercy peck. Hmm. (laughs) You just see, it it was hard. I mean, anybody that's listening is probably punching their steering wheel right now. And they're like, yes, (laughs) it just did not seem like those two were remotely into each other. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess good luck to her in the future, and we will see what happens with this uh, G Flip relationship. And I saw Can the I other day. Can I tell you something though? Uh oh. What? When you when you saw her talking about G Flip, she was far happier than I even saw her with her husband first her, the husband before. Like that was at the, the reunion. The most. Yeah, that was the most happy I've ever seen her. And I saw. Yeah, all, I, I saw the reunion. All those episodes clip. that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. So, that to me was like that's probably who she is most authentically. Like th- that's probably her right there. And I th- and I saw the Instagram story of, I guess it was a little, kind of jokey joke that uh, she was in her she was in her closet and then um, was yeah. doing an Instagram story and then she said, okay, I'm going to come out of the closet now. And that was right around the time the G Flip story you know became public and I guess that was her way of telling people she's out of the closet. I don't know, but. It was clearly a play on words for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I think something I saw with a tattoo. Said she gave G Flip a tattoo or something recently. He said, I, I get I all my info that, from Us Weekly. I, got, I, I was a little, sh- it was it's huge. I mean, I wouldn't have it normally paid attention, but like uh, Us had this whole article about it. I just thought, I don't know. Are you going to regret that one? I think that says, get me out of here. I don't like if you're 65 and you look down at your leg, are you going to love that? You got that? Chriselle got that on her leg? No, she oh. flipped in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just follow the antics and see what happens. I mean, right. I, I mean, if I'm assuming there's going to be a season six of Selling Sunset, right? Oh, of course. I mean, the show will probably go on to season fourteen. Yeah. I mean, and didn't they do? Isn't there another one going on? Didn't they? Didn't they do a spinoff in Miami? Isn't there a Selling Miami or something? I think there are rumblings of that, but there's a oh, selling OC that's coming soon. Oh, that's right up but your alley. Too, but can I t- your OC, well, can I, yeah. But you know what? Like their office is like an like a mile and a half from my house. Every time I drive by, there's nobody. They, they overtook this like old Vans had a had a store, and they took over that, gutted it, made it an op, the Oppenheimer Group or whatever. Every time any of us drive by, there's no one in that office. And then Bronwyn, who was on Real Housewives of Orange County. She filmed something where she was like kind of pretending that she was uh, going to buy a property or look at a property, and that was like so. It was like two years ago or something. So I, I, I again, it's one of those shows where like I don't believe anything on the show, but I'm still watching it. Yeah, it's that is that put that on the shelf with is, is it cake? It's like <laughs> you can play it in the background. So last time you were on, I had told you about a, um, or maybe it was two times ago, where we we're talking about an a reality TV crush that I had from a distance because I had never seen her once on her oh, season. Melissa Gorga. Melissa, Melissa Gorga. Gorga. Yeah. So I, and, and since then I haven't watched a, a thing either, but I did come across a headline a couple days ago that said, Teresa apologized to her brother, Joe, which is Melissa's husband for right. coming after him at the reunion episode. So I did a quick search and I was just like, okay, what's this all about? I forgot. I know you told me on the podcast, but I had forgot that Teresa is Joe's uh, sister. I I just totally blanked. I totally oh, forgot right. that because I, so I forgot that she was uh, the sister-in-law of Melissa. Anyway, quick search I found: Teresa, Joe, and Melissa 
opened up a restaurant in May of 2017 in New Jersey, and it closed uh-huh. eight months later. What? Oh, sure did. What happened yeah. with this? Was this a storyline on the show? What happened? How did that close okay. so quickly? And I, look, I know the restaurant business isn't easy, but that seems like three names like that in New Jersey where they're crazy famous, I believe. How did they, how did they get an eight-month restaurant? And that was wow. it. I think it was like uh, their way of connecting with their dad because by then I, I think their mother had passed over. Well, she passed away or she was pretty sick maybe. Um, you know, like let's do this family thing together. But the net net is like Teresa and Joe have the weirdest relationship. It, they go on and on about how when they were little kids, they were best friends. But Teresa is almost jealous of Melissa for in the most strange way, like you take me away from my brother. It's like, that's her husband freak show. Like, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) hello, he's like his own family. And she gets mad at her brother when he puts his wife ahead of her, which makes zero sense. And so a lot of their arguments fester from this. And I may have mentioned this before is that when Teresa, Teresa was the older sister, but she got married to this guy, Joe Judice, whom she is now divorced to. And he was um, sent off back to Italy because. And he's still there, went, right? He's still in Italy. Yes. Oh. They went to prison for yeah. tax evasion and some other things. So when she married Joe Judice, it put a real wrench in the relationship between Joe Gorga and his father. Basically, it was like um, uh, mind games that Joe Judice would play with with, with the Gorga fa- or not the yeah the Gorga dad. Like you know your son, like he doesn't do enough for you. Like it, it, the the son in law was sabotaging the relationship between the father and the son. So what made it fantastic television was seasons and seasons ago, Teresa became this big hit you know hit big star from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and then they brought in melissa which was brilliant on the producer's part but Teresa flipped out because she was like i'm the tv star and now i have to share my brother not only with my family but with the viewing audience so the first scene one of the first scenes with joe gorga Teresa, and melissa gorga is at the gor the the gorga's son's baby christening and Joe Judice and Joe Gorga get in this huge fight, and Joe Gorga is crying. You know, this they're like meatballs. They're short guys, right? They're like on human growth hormone for sure. So they're yelling at each other, and he's like, you stole my father from me. And you go, holy shit. There's like years of baggage here, and I'm putting on my seatbelt. I'm here for this. So that there is like deep-seated hatred, bitterness, et cetera, between the two brother-in-laws. Well, then he goes to prison, and now he's off in Italy. But now... Teresa's daughters hate the fact that their uncle talks uh, poorly about their dad. But but he's like, listen, your dad is a piece of shit. Look what he did to your mom. Look what he did to my parents. Like everybody has um, suffered because of the choices of your father. And Teresa's oldest daughter is 21. So now she gets kickbacks like they're paying her to like do these in the moment interviews. So there's all this stuff swirling. And Teresa is now getting married to a new husband, and his name's Louis. And what you need to know about Louis is he's super sketchy. Every woman he's ever been in a relationship with has come forward and said he 
is very controlling and he has been going off like whenever he gets in these huge fights with the woman he's with he goes off to these like warrior camps where men like fight with each other or, or no not fight with each other but they do these videos where they're like yo i'm sorry yo i messed up but i'm here with my bros now and i'm learning so what like, take me back <laughs> i swear to god so one of those videos got leaked Right, it was like this summer or something, and people were like, "Oh my god, this guy's such a nutbag! What is she doing with him?" So instead of like a normal person who goes, "Okay, my bad, I met this guy. He probably was a super fan of the show. He blows sun- sunshine at my ass. He tells me I'm the greatest person. Maybe time to cut the cord." No, she doubles down, and she's like, "Why is you guys like being so hard on my boyfriend's yo's? Like he's amazing, and he love bombs her, right?" Like, so he tells her every day, he writes her cards every day, which is, of course, like a red flag for, like, normal people. She is going to marry this weirdo. So on this season, uh, Margaret says to her, like, maybe you should just, like, do a double check about this guy. And she just is like, you you guys are busting my love bubble. Like, I'm not having it. So Melissa goes on Watch What Happens Live, or no, at the reunion. It was the reunion show, and she finds out that Teresa is not only getting married, but she's getting married with 14 bridesmaids, and Melissa was not asked to be one of them. So apparently in New Jersey, that's a big deal. I don't know one person over the age of 40 who would want to be a bridesmaid, but Melissa's like, I'm really hurt because of all that I did for for you and your daughters while you were away, which is code for prison, and for your mother – and I'm not going to be asked to be a bridesmaid. And that's why you don't believe in family. And I'm resentful of you. And you're just like, I can't believe 40-year-olds are fighting over being a bridesmaid in a wedding. But it's it, it just like it's nonstop with those two. And a lot of people will go, Teresa is too much. She's so uh, she's ignorant. She's annoying. She's got a stranglehold on the show. But really at the center of that show is this these this family dynamic. And it's like the older they get, the more it becomes over the top it's great tv watching whose kids are older Teresa's or melissa's Teresa's kids so Teresa has four girls and she always calls them her daughters and the oldest is 21 and the youngest is like 14 oh and melissa and joe's are much young are they are they in the well, teens yet yes melissa and joe's oldest is a daughter and she's in high school and then you have a boy that may be like uh, i'm gonna say fifth or sixth grader and then one who's maybe like a fourth grader but i mean they're all just so quintessential New Jersey. Now, my sister lives in New Jersey, and she's like, it's so embarrassing that any of these people are from our state. But it's like Jersey Shore meets, you know, like like a housewife. That's what it is. It's the housewives of Jersey Shore, it's a, essentially. Oh, wow. I think this is the top of your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm so far behind, and outside of your explanations, oh, I like I, You know I'm, what? I think that you go on and do a precursory, uh, like a Google search of the christening scene. Just do christening scene, Real Housewives of New Jersey. You watch that. That's all you need to know. Then you watch this season that just aired and you're fine. So that's you, more worth your time than selling sunset. So New Jersey days. just ended this season, whatever it was. Y- yes. But you know what? It was 13 episodes and you have to keep, you know, Take into account it's a cable show. By take out commercials, we're talking, what, 35, 40 minutes? Yeah. You can do it. And you can fast forward through some of the people that are not as interesting, like Dolores or, you know, she just doesn't have that. It's really about those sisters. Okay. So the the Teresa, Joe, Melissa. 
Yeah, just fast forward, just get to them. Those and then scenes. You, you evolve, especially given your crush on Melissa Gorga. And remember, I told you, she did have a couple seasons ago where she decided she wanted to be a late-in-life pop star. And he made a, uh, a music studio for her in the basement of the house. And, like, legitimate producers would come to her house and helped her make a one-hit wonder. Well, I don't. that's maybe a loose exaggeration. It could. It's a, it's a one-hit wonder adjacent, if you will. And she performed it maybe at like a like a outside of like a Bloomingdale's at one time. But I just thought that was the most hilariously stupid storyline. The late in life pop star. I was going to say, how is that going for her? <laughs> I mean, it's like what? Is she not? So she opened. Not doing it she anymore? Opened, no, she opened clothing boutiques. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the the biggest thing that I mean, if you just ask the the casual observer from the outside who's never watched an episode, what's one thing you know about you know the housewife franchise in New Jersey? And I'm sure this has nothing to do with Joe or Melissa, and maybe it does. <clears throat> but the only thing I remember from Teresa that was <laughs> so famous was the table flip. What was yes. that? I, I think that was very early on in the process of this oh, okay. franchise. You know what? what was the table flip over? Was it? Yeah. Do you remember? You might need to watch that season two. Of course. Oh, season okay. two. Okay. So when they cast the show, they 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 have these sisters dina and caroline manzo who have their own weird history because the the manzo sisters married which is they're the what are their, their real names larita but they married these two manzo brothers and the manzo father was this guy named tiny but he was huge and he was found like in the trunk of a car or something like total mob hit weird and so there are all these questions like do you they still have mob ties and then they take offense to anyone saying that their father was with the mob but it's like you know they're operating like a reception hall for weddings in like the middle of new jersey it's just like a a lot if there's a lot there so there was that and then there was Teresa, who was just their friend she wasn't even really like the central figure and then you had um their sister-in-law jacqueline and she and Teresa were friends and then you had this nut bag of epic proportions named danielle stop what you need to know about danielle is that she was is the kind of woman who believes herself to be a supermodel and walks around town in skimpy clothing and has zero interest in you, but all the interest in your husband. She would sleep with your husband if she had the opportunity. And she was raising these two girls and they seemed sweet. And you just thought, what? And so she was a divorcee and spent a lot of time complaining at what a piece of shit her ex-husband was and how he needed to give her more money. And so it turns out this woman had this storied background where she had a bunch of ex-fiancés and some guy wrote a book about her called Cop Without a Badge. And when she lived in Miami, there were questions of like she was she was involved with a guy who may have been like like a like a kingpin, like a drug lord or something. So it was this guy's like retaliatory book and he and he writes about her in the book. So the the Manzo Lorita gang they get wind of this book and they're they're so sick of this woman because she wants to be the center of attention and she's like histrionic personality on crack or like way crazy so at the end of the season they go because these this is back in the days before they had like the over-the-top parties they're like season finale real houses in new jersey let's just go to like sergio's pizzeria right so they go to this italian restaurant and they're sitting down and they're all sitting they're having this like nice little meal in the middle of the day 
And my friend Carlos King, who was one of the producers, crawled under the table and put the the book because Danielle gets wind of this shit and she's like, "Fuck that! Like I'm gonna like I'm not gonna let them take me down." So he taps on her leg and she takes the book and she slams it on the table and she's like, "You want to talk about the book? Let's talk about the book." So because of that, it frazzles Teresa, who's at the end of the table with a, an Ogilvy home perm you've never seen. She looks like a poodle. It's outrageous. She's so fired up about it. That's when she stands up and she goes, engage all these times. Like she's basically throwing out all the accusations from the book. And then she takes the table and then she flips it. <laughs> and that's why it all happened, and that, and that, and that's why you need to see season one of Real Housewives of New Jersey because this all will be kind of put into perspective for you. Wow, I mean, it sure seems like it's interesting if you followed it for a long time. <laughs> like, I can, I can see why people follow this show and follow these franchises and watch, even if you only watch one city. But most people watch more than one. If well, you, you know what it is, you were to Google, you know what it is, that. is that the modern reality show you're taking people that are all. Sometimes you know, okay. Well, for the most part, they're people that like have dr- hopes and dreams of being a television star, right? So, what's great about that show and the, some of the earlier shows is that they were just people plucked from obscurity. They're people that go to the grocery store. They hate their in-laws. They eat spaghetti on a Saturday. You know, they go to church on a Sunday. And you got a window into their world of like bitterness and hate and 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 how they backstab each other. And they all have these singularly wild personal stories. And then their interconnectedness. And that doesn't really exist, right? On a lot of shows, because you just say, you know, Temptation Island, Ultimatum, they're like randos, you know, thrown into a like conference room at a hotel. These are people that they have to look at each other at Thanksgiving dinner. And that's why it was compelling television. Mm. Well, I saw that the latest thing I saw this on your podcast was now they have Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which is not on Bravo. But you know what? It's, it's good, and here's why. Because you've been accustomed to watching these nutty people for seasons and seasons and seasons, but they only interact with the own people in their own franchise, in their own state, in their own city. So this is like putting them all together in a place and they're all sort of wacky personalities and they're all gunning for more camera time. (laughs) So I think though it's more enjoyable if you've been watching all those shows for you, I would say below is it cake on the shelf because it's going to make no sense to you. Well, I got to ask this is Melissa on this ultimate girls trip show. She is on, but, but you're not going to see her in her glory because she's just sort of like, I mean, maybe like she's in a bathing suit, so she's like beautiful and like hanging out. But you're not going to see the, the the all the things that make her stay up late at night. So, this is is this kind of like when I mean are the the Jersey Shore kids all know each other and they do this you know family vacation or whatever. This is just taking different women from the franchise and said, "Hey, we're going to send you all to a certain place and we're just going to film it." Or is it yes, numerous but, places? But no, they go on a road trip. Is this what this is? Ultimate well, Girls the, Trip. The, so the first one was in Turks and Caicos and they went <laughs> over budget for it. And it was nice, but it was like the fan favorites, but some of them were all kind of like snoozes. Like they weren't that compelling. So I think they did a better job. And that's in the second season about to air because they took ones that have been off television for some time and put them in a mansion 
like a in the Berkshires where one of the former housewives lives. So it's like they have less to like less to lose because they haven't been on TV for a while and they're all angry that they were fired at some point. So they're they're even crazier than they were before and they're all together in one place. So it's pretty unbelievably good. And this is actually a second season. This is the, I thought this yes. was new. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, yeah, yeah, no. It, so basically the net net is like if you got an invite to Turks and Caicos, you're amongst the favorite. But if you got an invite to Dorinda's house in the in Massachusetts, you haven't been on television for a while. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's on Peacock, which is which is weird because you would think it'd be on Bravo with with all the other shows. No, because they want to pull people over to Peacock, Peacock because they spent it. so much money on the stream to build the streaming network. They got to have subscribers. Yeah. So a lot of people were like, you know, this Ultimate Girls Trip one, I'll wait until they send it over to Bravo. So there are people that stayed the course. They stayed the dis- they, they 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 stayed on course. And they waited months and months later for Bravo to air Real Housewives of Miami because it was on Peacock first. So you could do that. But for me, I'm like, I would rather see it now. Okay. Well, again, I have to make decisions on on, on what I'm going to do and what I'm going to dedicate time to. Um, So what I wanted to end with was what we usually end with, and that's documentaries or any good upcoming shows that we talked about now last time we spoke i believe we had talked about um the documentary that i really liked which was i love you now die and then since we last spoke it became a series on i believe hulu the girl from plainville and i didn't watch (laughs) it because i felt like yeah, I, don't I, think I knew that I knew the whole story from. Yeah, I didn't need a dramatization of it because it was going to be dramatized, and I, I didn't really. Did you watch it at all, The Girl from Plainville? I watched a little bit of it, but it, it, I, you know, I'm such an unscripted person that it's hard for me to enjoy a scripted series, with the exception of We Crashed, which was about the We Work documentary. Yeah. We Crashed is with Anne Hathaway and Jared, and Jared Leto. Leto. yeah. And they so brilliantly played those characters. I did enjoy that. I did not think the dropout was blow your hair back great. But, you know, the Theranos story is always interesting to me. I think that the documentary that you are going to want to watch, okay, there are two of them. One is called Our Father. It comes out tomorrow on Netflix, and it's about this fertility doctor in Indianapolis for over 40 years who lied to his patients and inseminated them with his own sperm. What? This is real? This is real. So all these people in the Indianapolis area don't know that they're half-siblings, which is basically a health crisis because there could be inbreeding and all these other health issues because of it. Yeah, he totally lied to them. He would just use his own sperm. So that's good. That's called Our Father. The other one I think you might like, which is about a financial scam, is called The Big Con, C-O-N-N. It's on Apple TV Plus, and it's about Eric Kahn, who was is an was a, a Kentucky lawyer who ran a an operation with the help of a judge to speed up social security payments for people like uh or you know um if they filed for social security or you know um like he would get a kickback from it 
He basically screwed the Social Security Administration out of $550 million. And he's this rinky-dink guy who at one point owned a brothel in Thailand and had like 16 different wives over all these years. Not at the same time. He just kept getting married. And he is like a Christopher Guest character in a mockumentary. He's so weird. And it's hilarious. So that one's called The Big Con c-o-n-n on apple tv plus and the other one is our father on netflix i've heard i've i've seen stuff and like i think seen even the trailer or clips of the trailer either coming across on instagram or something for for our father but i had no idea what it was about oh it's so good you're gonna and it's just a documentary it's not a docuseries so you can like you know watch it no problem easy okay and what about, and like you said, there's no scripted shows that you're really into all that much, right? I love The Staircase on HBO Max, which is based off of a Netflix documentary called The Staircase. In this one, you have Colin Firth playing Michael Peterson accused of murdering his wife, Kathleen played by Tony Collette, and Patrick Schwarzenegger plays his son. They are fan freaking tastic. They are so good in their roles. It is, if you like, murder movies like you know that kind of thing this is so right up your alley were you ever into ozark no Mm -mm. okay a lot of people were into that and that just ended after i think four or five seasons everyone tells me to watch ozark um haven't watched it stranger things i've been told to watch again never got into it my husband watches scripted television he always tells people to watch yellowstone succession uh, Black Sails, which is about pirating, and he's now watching Anatomy of a Scandal and really likes it. Hmm. Which is Anatomy of a Scandal? Which scandal is it? It's um, like a British scandal. It's like a some scripted show. I think it's maybe is it Shonda Rhimes? I don't know. Is it Shonda Rhimes? I could be saying that wrong. Anyway, whatever he said, it, it, it he says it feels like a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about um in in terms of you? Are you still doing any stand up? You still doing any you know what? anywhere? I'm no? d- I I am right now. I'm just about to announce. I'm doing a live podcast on uh, July 13th at the Irvine Improv, so you can see me. And uh, you know, I have three shows a week, and I'm trying to cr- uh, produce a TV show. I'm trying to sell, and then I also have five kids. So it's kind of tough to do stand up, is what you're saying. I mean, I'd like to. I think uh, instead of, I mean, I think it would be better for me to just do live travels when I can and just do live podcast shows. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, I like longer form stuff anyway, but I want to go out and travel a little bit. That would be really fun. And what are the ages of your kids again? Um, essentially they're, my oldest is almost 13. So they range between 13 and three. Okay. So you've got your hands full with that for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but you're trying to sell a TV show. That's interesting. Uh, this yes. is something you've obviously talked about, I'm assuming, right? Um, uh, a or little no. bit, but just wish me luck. Okay. I it, no. <laughs> I hope it sells. We'll definitely uh <laughs> we'll definitely wish you luck with that. Um like I said, we could go over I mean just the amount of shows that that you cover and the people that you <laughs> talk to from this from these shows. Like I'm sure you got stories up the wazoo uh here, oh, but yeah. You know, I know that uh, you're uh, a little, you know, short on time here or whatever, but we got, we had an hour. This is what I planned. I wanted to get an hour so with fun. You to go over everything. And um, again, Kate, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, we'll always have you on. Uh, 
try and get you on, like, like I said, about every six months or so I want to have you on. Twice, oh, I love Twice it. a year. I uh, love it. But also, if people want to get my list of what to watch each week, I put out a list. It comes out on Mondays. If you go to katecasey.substack.com, it's just – you get an email every Monday and it tells you these are the seven to eight things you should watch this week. And I explained why you should watch them. So if you're ever stuck, like what the hell do I watch this week? It's there for you. Super helpful. So it's katecasey.substack.com. You said that's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, I will definitely link to that uh, in the uh, podcast description. So Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck with everything and we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much to Kate for coming on. Really appreciate that. I love having her on because she fills me in on all the stuff that I only basically read headlines and stories on. Like I follow a lot of shows without ever watching them. Selling Sunset, I'm very familiar with the drama and who Chriselle was dating. And like I mentioned in the podcast, people sending me stuff about the G Flip relationship like within the last two or three weeks. And that was the first I'd heard because I don't watch the show. And obviously it wasn't brought up until the reunion show. But the other ones, the Kardashians, like I follow the headlines and I'm kind of aware of what's happening, but I don't have the full details because I don't watch the episodes. And I know that I could always count on Kate for that. And that's why I bring her on. She's great. I'm amazed at how many shows (laughs) that Kate watches. It's unbelievable when you think about it, but hey, somebody's got to do it. So all the props in the world to Kate for doing that. Again, thank her for coming on. I really appreciate it. She'll be on, you know, I hope to have her on usually twice a year. And I want to um, reiterate that um, the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party, I do have spots left, not many, if you're interested we, are, we do have two special guests. It is confirmed now. Amanda Pace and Annie Jorgensen from Joe Millionaire. Amanda was the one that Kurt chose. Annie was the one that Stephen dumped. And if you haven't heard, Stephen and uh, Kala broke up this past weekend. or And it was announced today. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, Amanda and Annie are coming. They'll be at the party if you want to mingle with them. So, if you're interested... And you're flying in, you obviously have a month or a little less than a month. I would just need a flight itinerary, screenshot of that, and a screenshot of your VAX card. Same with your, if you're driving in, just need a screenshot of your hotel itinerary. And if you're a local, just promise me you won't flake and just send me a screenshot of your VAX cards and I can get you on the list. Don't have a lot of spots left, but if you're interested, just email me at steve at realitysteve.com. So thank you to Kate. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. It's getting up some uh, good sponsors, as you know. We got Dame this week and BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So if you forget, if anytime you ever forget the codes to the ads and you don't feel like going back and listening or don't remember at what timestamp it was, just go on the episode description on my podcast on Apple Podcasts and you'll see the ads, uh, the link and the code in there. So you can go straight to it from the podcast app. So thank you to Kate uh, again. And for Kate Casey, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. See you. See you.